The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. You've got Rocker MJ in the house here, also known as Marty Janetti, who's always out there, and you know this, rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling, slamming and jamming, moving and grooving, taking care of business and having good times. From Austin to Boston to Maine to Spain and all points in between, wherever the good is good, that's where we're going to go. And for now, y'all need to watch Personal on the Top Rope because that's the best thing going. That's why we are all here. We're going to rock it. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. We're back after our two-week hiatus. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer from Sports Keto Ringside News, the sportster, the richest. I am Lee Walker, and I am joined by the prestigious one, the Perched Correspondent. You also might know him as Mr. Show 115, Justin Largito. Justin, what's up, buddy? I'm good, man. Uh, it's good to be back. In the words of Eric Bischoff's theme song, I'm back better than ever. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. A lot, of, a lot has taken place in the world of wrestling in the last few weeks. A lot has, and there are some things that we are not going to touch on just because time has passed and you know it all type. You're wrestling fans. We know this. So some stuff's not some stuff we don't have to talk about. I do want to send our thoughts and condolences to the family of superstar Billy Graham, who recently passed away. WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, very outspoken individual, a hell of a talented wrestler, hell of a speaker. Uh, I love the flamboyancy and, and the colors and everything. You know, in the 70s and 80s where all wrestlers kind of looked the same, he was that dare to be different and had definitely had a different look. He was massive. I, so our thoughts and condolences to his family and friends. Absolutely. Uh, I do just want to point out, in all the big news, this is probably the biggest. Everyone, AEW Fight Forever has a release date. Wait Forever is f- almost over. I almost said is over. We got a we, few more weeks. <laughs> we just got a few more weeks. I did see it pop up on my uh, Xbox. However, uh, it's I can't download it yet, which understandable. So, you know. I have seen a lot of gameplay footage of it. Have you seen any? Oh, I've been keeping up with it. They actually announced the DLC today. I don't know if you caught that at all. No, I didn't. Who's in it? Oh, so the pre-order bonus is Matt Hardy and okay. Matt Hardy. Uh, um, if you don't get the joke, it's it's regular Matt Hardy we have now and broken Matt Hardy. And... Uh, we have four separate packs. One is the Revival, which is going to be their own separate pack. Uh, Keith Lee and the Bunny, Allie, are going to have their own separate pack. And Hook and another guy that I'm not going to talk about here 
is also another DLC pack. Very nice. Very evil. Yeah, we're just going to move on. I don't even know why I brought it up. Dan Housen! I know it was going to get beat up a lot in my game. Hook. No. So those those are the DLCs? Uh, Yeah. Actually, hang on. I think there's one more DLC pack. And if I miss it, I know I'm going to, you know, like fucking freak out about it. But speaking of Hook, did you see some of the AEW figure reveals over the weekend? I did. And Hook oh. was part of that. Oh my god, Hook has a fucking awesome ringside exclusive coming, like he has the, the bag of chips, the hand with the fucking chip in it, the book bag, the hoodie. Like oh, <laughs> well, that one. Uh no, actually that's all of them. Uh, I apologize. That is all the DLC for uh Fight Forever as of right now. I have been watching the gameplay and I am pretty impressed. I know some people are out there like, well, where did that two million dollars go? The graphics to me right now, if like you go on YouTube because you can see people playing it, you can actually watch AEW superstars playing the game. Uh, like I watched Orange Cassidy and Evil Uno uh, playing on YouTube the other night. And the graphics look like a mix of SmackDown, like SmackDown versus Raw, Here Comes the Pain, like those... Like the smack that that series, I was gonna say WWE All Stars is what it reminds me of. Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna say. It's like a mix of the SmackDown series mixed with Battleground. It looked like right, and All Stars, except they're not jacked on about twenty pounds of steroids. Yeah, yeah, or like um, WWE uh, Battleground. It kind of reminded me of that too a little bit. Right. You know, I thought it. I thought you know the footage I watched looked like it was great gameplay. So I'm 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 not gonna complain about it. There's a lot of people that were complaining about the graphics. For me, it's never about the graphics. I mean, I I'm still a guy who, one thousand percent, prefers to play. WWF Royal Rumble, WWF Raw on the Super Nintendo over WWE 2K20. Like, and I mean, those on, those were great classic games. While we're on the topic, let's not forget to mention, since you brought up WWE 2K, uh, uh, somebody will be able to say that they appeared in WWE 2K video game and AEW Fight Forever in the same year. We know who that guy is? Adrenaline. In the soul, something, something, Cody Rhodes. Yes, that is a fact. Cody Rhodes still finding his way in AEW Fight Forever. That shows you how long this game has been in production. It's, it's crazy. Now, if I'm not mistaken, he'll be the first since like Mark Jindrak. To appear in two video games. Because Mark Jindrak did that. He was in a WWE game. But then he was also in a basketball video game too. And we talked about that. When, when we interviewed him. And. 
that's pretty cool though. Like I'm excited to see how Cody looks in the game. Like obviously they're not gonna sh- they're not gonna even acknowledge him at all in this. Like you're not gonna see him in the commercials. They're they're gonna hide him in the roster and everything. So like right. it's still pretty cool though. It is. It's good to see. So that comes out what June June twenty eighth, I wanna say. Right on. So we only got 27 more days to wait. And then the wait forever is actually finally over. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Well, I mean, I do like the concept to the game because if they do it this way, like they promised, this will be the only time you have to buy an AEW game for your system because there'll be constant updates and upgrades and things to I'm guessing probably buy like, you know, to buy for new rosters and stuff like that. Right. And it does look like after they revealed the DLC, uh, I think they referred to it as something like, uh, you know, season one of the DLC. So that tells me we're going to have, you know, different seasons, maybe whether it's four packs every few months or uh, four packs a year, depending on how many people are in the pack. Uh, that's something I see happening. Yeah, and the only thing I'll wonder is, you know, like, how large will these downloads be, like, if you're able to, you know, for new arenas, new match types, things like that. How long, realistically, is AEW going to do it that way? Until they realize, like, until they finally realize, like, oh, this is about the money, we need to just come out with a new game. Yeah, and you know, it, it has been said this is more of an arcade-style game. This is very similar to WBF No Mercy uh, for the Nintendo. So the door is open for a simulation game, which is similar to, you know, what WB and 2K put out every year. You know, that this is going to be completely different from that. So if they want to put out a simulation game where you have over 100 guys or so on the roster, you know, the door is still open for that. Yeah. Um. See the like, like I said, the game to me looked like a mix of the graphics of SmackDown and Battleground. And in all honesty, No Mercy on the Nintendo sixty four is s- still like one of the greatest wrestling games of all time, if not the greatest wrestling game of all time, because it came out in what two thousand two thousand one. And here, oh, 99, 2000, somewhere in there. And here we are 23 years later, still making mods to it. You know, there, there's not many wrestling games that have that longevity like that, but No Mercy is one of them because it's just so freaking popular. So like that, I'm excited for the game. I'm I'm buying it. I'll obviously buy uh, the updated roster packs, mainly because I want Danhausen because he will be the AEW World Champion. I literally hope your game crashes and you lose every single ounce of Danhausen. Don't worry. Day four of tweeting Danhausen. Hey, 
my co-host is your biggest fan that's coming you'll be hearing from my lawyer <laughs> where you at we'll talk about him in a bit I want to talk about Night of Champions not so much like a lot about it but uh, things that were part of it that happened like the biggest takeaways here in the first match, the opening match, which blew my mind, but then I later found out why, was the new and improved World Heavyweight Championship between Raw's Seth Rollins and SmackDown's AJ Styles. As we know, Seth Rollins is the new world heavyweight champion and Justin you know we say spoiler free is the way to be but Triple H literally spoiled this by Triple H spoiled this what do you what do you mean just by the fact that there was a raw guy versus a smackdown guy well the fact that he said that this title will be part of whatever brand that Roman Reigns is not on, which we know he was drafted to SmackDown. So that automatically tells you that a raw guy is going to win the championship. So why even put SmackDown people in it at all? If you've already stated that based on where someone's being drafted, that they're going to go, that the belt's going to go elsewhere. Well, we I'll found out that, a commentary they did say during the match that had AJ Styles won, he would have been transferred to Raw immediately. Ah. But see, you know, that like, complicates the shit out of it. So, like, you know they're not going to do that. It's already, like... Right. Now, there wasn't a minute where I thought AJ was going to win. Yeah. That's like, hey, we need to cover our ass because fucking Paul over there on Raw just had to say, well, wherever Roman goes, this belt's not going to be there. Well, thanks for ruining it for the rest of us. Because we're the smart marks. You were right. Holy shit. So we're seeing the new and improved women's roster a little bit here, Justin. As legends are taking former NXT stars under their wing as Trish Stratus needed a little help to defeat one Becky Lynch. Or should I say kill Bill Becky Lynch? Kill Bill Becky Lynch, yeah. I'd say so. So, Trish, so what do you think of Trish Stratus and uh, Zoe Stark being together? I love like the pairing, I think it's a great spot for Zoe Stark, especially, you know, just coming up to the main roster a few weeks ago. Uh, and it's a great way because I would imagine Trish Stratus isn't going to be on TV every week to continue this feedback with Becky Lynch, seeing as it's, it's supposed to drag out until SummerSlam. So I think putting Zoe with Trish is a good way to continue the feud without having Trish on TV every week because Zoe can pretty much be, you know, that placeholder with Becky from week to week. And when Trish is there, Trish is there. So 
you know, I like the, that aspect of it. And like I said, it's a great spot for somebody just coming up to the main roster who's a very good worker in Zoe Stark. So I'm all for this pairing, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I hopefully uh, Zoe Stark comes out on the good side of it, you know? Yeah, I agree, dude. Um, you know, they got to get these the newer, younger women over, and this is definitely a good way and a good start. Start pairing them with the top legends and, you know, the top women in the industry because it's the best way to go. Justin, I want you to make a note of something. Before the Intercontinental Championship match, uh, Mustafa Ali had done an interview uh, with Sportskita, a place I used to write. And he basically said that uh, if he didn't win this match, that maybe he didn't belong in WWE. So uh, I want you to make a special note of that for later on because uh, he did, in fact, lose his match. But... We have a new Raw Women's Champion. A SmackDown woman. <laughs> you see what I mean? None of this shit doesn't make any fucking sense. And you're sitting here talking about AJ. Yeah, I know, dude. Like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what was the point of the draft at this point? You know what I mean, bro? Like, it, this happens every fucking time, every draft. They, they were just a little bit quicker on doing it this time where nothing matters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, literally, dude. Like, Rhea Ripley's still showing up on Raw. Yep. And then... well, to be fair, she is assigned to Raw. She's just holding the SmackDown title. <sighs> nothing makes sense anymore. Not with WWE. But we don't even question it. Because you know what the thing is? It's not who's ready for Asuka. It's who's not ready for their baby daddy. So, some of the last people that Asuka has worked with. Carmella. What is Carmella now, Justin? Right now? There was Becky Lynch. And what happened to Becky Lynch? Pregnant. And now. Don't forget Lacey Evans. Oh, hold on. I was. I, I was, uh, was going to say, and now we bring it to the USA. Ah, got you. Lacey Evans. What happened there? She got pregnant, presumably by Ric Flair, but maybe not. I don't know. We still don't know. They deny it, but we'll play into it. Yeah. And last but not least, it was recently announced that someone she was a former tag team champion with, Alexa Bliss. Justin, what is she? Directionless with creative. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, pregnant. <laughs> So, uh, Bianca Belair. Somebody check on Bianca and Montez. If you make a post with a baby bump, pregnancy test, 
one of those scans where we see the little creature inside you. Justin, what would Bianca Belair be if, if that happens? Uh, there's not an EST in the word, but pregnant. <laughs> pregnant is. <laughs> now, out of all the women who hold championships right now, Justin, there's only one who has a child, and it's Ronda Rousey. Yeah, she avoided Oscar for now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, now, speaking of Rhonda, I have to ask you this. What do you consider or what is considered being a Grand Slam champion for the women in WWE? So, if you're asking me, I would say... The Raw Women's, the SmackDown Women's, the NXT Women's, and the Women's Tag. You could throw in, like, the money in the bank if you want, but I don't really think that matters. But what if you start in WWE? I would say Ronda Rousey's a triple crown, personally. See, in my opinion, NXT already has its own triple crown and Grand Slams under their own. And I only know this because WWE made a big deal about it with Johnny Gargano and others becoming Grand Slam NXT champions. I personally keep NXT and WWE separate because WWE has done that. You can go back and look on their Twitter page. They've they've done it with a few of the NXT stars when they've won every championship. So to me personally, she's a Grand Slam champion. I mean, yeah, because I I've get... noticed WWE technically counts or has counted NXT as its own thing, as as its own entity with the belts. But they also count NXT when they want to. Like... Which I've also noticed. That's why I've I've said that now it's you know they you know, they've counted it and they've not counted it because they've they've awarded NXT guys just being Grand Slam champions. Right. Because I think with um with Charlotte's title reigns, I think they count her second NXT women's title reign, but not her first. I don't know how that works, but and then Bailey, she was considered a Grand Slam when she had the um the Raw, the SmackDown, the NXT and the women's tag. So who knows at this point what they consider a Grand Slam, what they consider a Triple Crown. Yeah, I was just curious because like I consider Ronda a Grand Slam champion in WWE. Because like that's why I'm also like, well, what if you didn't start in NXT? Because not everyone starts in NXT. I Dominic Mysterio is another one. He didn't start. Huh? We'll go back to NXT. <laughs> See, more a lot. More, more, yeah. I was about to say more on that in a bit, too. So, okay, I, I mean, good to know. Now, the for me, like the next big takeaway was definitely the undisputed WWE tag team match where we saw Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens take on the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Our tribal chief, because we acknowledge him, Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa, 
He's not right. disputed for world title. It's very disputed now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this this match had uh, some controversy to it. We saw Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win the match, though. Of course, that controversy comes thanks to uh, the real ones. The Usos. Uh, seemingly ruining this match as Roman flew off the handle. And uh, yeah, it was a super kick party for Roman. Solisico is in the ring. He takes a stunner. Then I believe he got pushed to the corner, takes a haluva kick, and bye bye one, two, three, it's over. This whole pay-per-view, Justin, was freaking awesome. It was a great pay-per-view. It was definitely one of the better Saudi shows that WB has put on. And I really didn't have many expectations going into it, into it, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I really didn't either, but it met my expectations and more. So I was happy about it. Now, Justin, we get to the good good. We get to the fallout of this whole pay-per-view. I honestly, like, I'm going to start from, because we're talking about Sammy and Kevin, right? Like, they're seemingly, like, moving on in their career, it seems like, from uh, the bloodline or what's left of the bloodline, so to speak. Right, their chapter with the bloodline is done. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting, I think, to, to see who they... end up having a big feud with next like how do you how do, how do you do that because wwe's always struggled with tag teams and i think with the bloodline storyline seemingly ending or ended coming to an end that was like the biggest thing wwe had it was like some of the best written stuff they've had in a while so my question is, is how do you book Sammy and Kevin and keep them in like that top tier with a storyline with another tag team? Because now you need a tag team that fans are going to think are worthy of that top spot or WWE. Well, in this case, it's going to be WWE who they think is worthy. They don't really care what we think. Oh, Lee, I, I got just the guys for that. Oh, fuck. They're over on SmackDown. Where yes, boy! I walked right into that. You don't like Pretty Deadly? They're like my Danhausen to you. That's... That's the strong opinion right there. Yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, uh, they did have a spot on Monday Night Raw we saw. Uh, I don't even remember who the, t- the team was in the ring. And then uh, Alpha Academy. Oh, it was Imperium. That's right. That's right, because freaking Giovanni doesn't talk, and Kevin Owens made that clear. And then we had Chance of Baldy. 
disrespectful. Yeah, well, anyway, I would say Imperium would be a good fit, but I don't, like, I'm not really sure why, like, storyline-wise, it, it doesn't make too much sense to me, though. Almost like, you know, Kevin and Sammy are just, like, seemingly like themselves or Imperium still to me has like that character charactery type. You know, Gunther being the leader and uh these you know his, his two tag team partners there like they just I don't know it feels too charactery for me with the realism of how Kevin and Sammy are. Like to me that would be like sticking them against the Viking Raiders right now after coming off of a big feud with the bloodline where like it was more of like more realistic storytelling where like I don't think you can get that with Sammy and Kevin and the Viking Raiders. I don't think you can get that you could get a good a good feud to be honest with you, Alpha Academy. Cause yeah. Chad is hilarious right now. Otis you, you know, they can give, you know, he they have him serious when he needs to be type deal. But I think that would be the most fun to watch right now. Look, I'm cool with Imperium versus Sammy and Kevin. To, to your point where, you know, Imperium kind of seems too much of a character or too gimmicky. Look, not everyone, not everyone should be the same. You can't have serious uh, all the time is kind of my response to that. And I agree. And that's why like I, I think you would get a fun work out of Alpha Academy and Kevin and Sammy. But I also feel like if you're gonna dumb it down like that, I think then you take away from the spot and level that they're at with it. I don't think so. I I don't foresee it being a situation where they move down the card or they use lose their credibility. I mean, they fucking main evented WrestleMania this year, you know? Like very true, especially after you know, last year Sammy was uh stuck in a rat trap. And their match main evented night of champions too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um when do you think Cody's gonna finish the fucking story, dude? Like it's like he lost at Night of Champions to Brock Lesnar. Came out on he came out on Raw, right? Yeah. So what the hell? When's he finished the story? Listen, I'll tell you one thing. I don't like, uh, and I don't know if Cody has a legitimate injury that this is kind of to cover up for. I don't like the idea that they, you know, storyline. He has a broken arm. A broken arm is something. It's it's not exactly like. I don't know, a sprained ankle, let's say, where you can still probably work in it and you just have to have it very, you know, taped up and so on and so forth. You know, a broken arm is a fucking broken arm. And I know this is the same guy who wrestled with a torn peck in Hell in a Cell last year, but broken arms about a three month recovery. You don't really just, you can't work a match like that, you know? The guy's coming out here in a fucking sling. So. I don't know. I don't like that aspect. I really, I wish they would have went with something else when it came to 
any kind of storyline injury. And like I said, I don't know if Cody has legitimate injury that they're trying to cover up for with this. Like he could have a broken wrist, you know, and they figured, oh, a broken arm sounds better. But yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if Cody's going to be in money in the bank this year. They might have to because the star power in that money in the bank match really doesn't look very good right now, if I'm being honest. Uh, seeing as they only have six people. And I don't know. I, I don't know yeah. if they go with the idea that he cashes in money in the bank at SummerSlam against Roman. And then Brock is kind of his first challenger after that. Or, or where they go with it. But who knows yes. when the story is going to be over. Well, well speaking of that, uh, you know, we had the qualifying, a couple of qualifying matches on Raw. Justin, who qualified? Uh, Ricochet defeated The Miz. Uh, Miz fucking springboard. Burn Kavana's in this match. I don't know what's going on with him. His contract must be coming up soon or something. Um, <laughs> but then we had Bronson Reed and Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura defeated Bronson Reed to qualify. Tonight on SmackDown, we have Montez Ford versus the megastar LA Knight. Yeah. In a qualifying match. Hopefully they make the right decision. And L.A. Knight goes to the money in the bank, especially after the reaction he got at the fucking press conference for Knight of Champions. You know, chance of L.A. Knight all over the place. They, they've got to be taking note of stuff like that. Yeah, they have to, dude. There's no way they don't. The guy's fucking over. Take advantage of it. like. While you still can, right? Like, right. absolutely insane. So those are going to be great matches. Hopefully we... Uh... I know who I want to win, so I'll be I'll be tuning in in a little bit to make sure I uh, see that. Now uh, I may as well I may as well just point out the women's too. Uh, SmackDown tonight they also have Selena Vega and Lacey Evans. Anyone but Selena Vega is the wrong answer in that one. Uh, <laughs> and then Raw, I'm pretty sure you can tell who's qualifying: uh, Natalia versus Zoe Stark and Becky Lynch versus Sonya Deville. So. I think it's pretty clear to say who half of the women's money in the bank is so far. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty obvious there. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, man. Now, we had a, a full weekend last weekend of, of, of wrestling, you know, leading up to, you know, where we are now. You follow... NXT. Yes. I personally don't. So I will just like announce the matches and you can talk about them because, like I said, I do not watch. Uh, we had the NXT Women's Championship, Roxanne Perez. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Mikio Samura. Set, Wait a minute. What the hell? Are you, what are you looking at? Uh, say, say her name. No, like these people weren't even on the show, Lee. <laughs> oh my god, I'm looking at an old one. <laughs> All right, you take over for NXT. okay, okay. Fuck it, I have the match I'm, card right in front. Of me. <laughs> I have the I have like last year's card or something. Oh my god. Um. Okay. So I was actually in attendance at the Saga Center in Long even better last Sunday. Uh. No dark matches. Pretty much what you saw on the show was what you got. Uh, show opened up with a triple threat match for the North American Championship. Wesley uh, defending against Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy, which was a 
very fun match. Let me tell you something. Tyler Bate did a spot in the match where he had Joe Gacy on his shoulders for the airplane spin and then also did the uh, Cesaro-esque swing to Wesley at the same time. And this guy is a fucking freak of nature. Like, he's small, but he's jacked, and he's just incredible. I was really hoping he'd win this, actually, but Wesley retains. Uh, from there, we had the Heritage Cup match. Noam Dar, uh, Mr. Alicia Fox himself, taking on Dragon Lee. Uh, Lee, I don't know if you've seen or heard anything about the Heritage Cup that originated in NXT UK. Uh, personally, it doesn't work for me. Uh, so the gist of it is there's six three-minute rounds. Uh, it's two out of three falls match. Uh, I said I said the six rounds of three minutes, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, so six three-minute rounds, two out of three falls. Uh, decision occurs when there's a, a pinfall submission or a countout. Uh, a DQ or a knockout immediately ends the match. And if there is a tie at the end of the six rounds, then the champion automatically retains. This is the first time they've done this kind of match in the U.S., and I don't think they did a good job of explaining the rules ahead of time. And I think the match really suffered because of that. I don't think a match like this works in the U.S. Me, personally, I'm not a fan of, like, the rounds in professional wrestling, you know? Like, a two out of three falls match, that's fine with me. But when it's six rounds that are three minutes each, and there's, like, a 20-second break in between, I feel like that takes away from the match a lot. Uh, you know, right as the match is kind of kicking into next gear, you, you have to stop it for 20 seconds. I think that really, it hurts the match. But... It really does, and what do you do when you know? I mean, I you know this is obviously fucking staged and whatever, but if you look at it from this standpoint, if they were doing this back then, this would have never flied because then the secret would have been out. Right. Because realistically, I think the only way you can like beat somebody that fast is obviously squash matches. And you're not, you're not, you're not using competitors that are squash people. Right. You know, you're not using talent enhancement. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm Somehow he fucking won this match, by the way. <laughs> uh, okay. But... Well, as I stand, not, <laughs> you know, yeah. so uh, how do you, uh, how do you do this? Like, Really, the only way I think that you have people winning are like with easy pinfalls, roll ups, small packages, things like that. Because it can't be just right, like right. it can't be like squash style. It can't be, um, here's my finisher, here's your finisher, here's my signature, finisher, signature, finisher, finisher, signature, nonstop. So, Right. I'm not a fan of it, but okay. I'm sure other people like it. Like I said, I'm not I'm not crazy about it. Well, they're not smart fans. But, uh no M Dark <laughs> No M Dark retained due to the help of Lee. Let's see if you recognize any names in this group. Uh Oro Mensa, Jakara Jackson, and Lash Legend. <laughs> and Lee looks so fucking confused right now. Did you say Lash Legend or Flash Legend? Flash Legend. 
No, not at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so apparently they're a new group on NXT. I don't know why, but they are. Um, okay. Then we had, I would say was the match of the night. Uh, last man standing. Ilya, Ilya Dragunov taking on Dijak. Uh, these guys beat the shit out of each other. And if you've never seen Ilya Dragunov live, like, he does not fucking, like, lay off with his head. It's like he is fucking hitting you, man. It's crazy. You can hear it from all the way up in the fucking, you know, top of the hundreds. Uh, just crazy. But uh, Ilya Dragunov was able to defeat Dijak. Uh, like I said, I would say it was match of the night. A lot of... I don't want to say crazy spots, but a lot of brutal spots. Uh, like, Dijak had Ilya Dragunov just kind of tied up in the ropes as he, you know, wailed on him for fucking Singapore King. And, you know, crazy shit like that. Well, I hope Dijak is uh, bouncing back after that first WWE call-up. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, hopefully he can watch T-Bar stink off of him while he's in NXT. I wasn't even going to bring up the name. That shit's like Voldemort because uh, that man there, is fucking talented. He is. I, absolutely. Uh, and I hope he does better when he gets to the main roster. I think if they give him the opportunity, he will, you know, adapt to it and, and succeed. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if both guys were up on the main roster by the end of the year. But we'll see what happens. Uh, NXT tag team title match, Gallus and the Creed Brothers. Kind of your basic tag match. Uh, Gallus ended up retaining. That, that's about all I have for that. You know, standard tag match. Winners were not really in doubt at all. Uh, we had a new NXT Women's Champion in the tournament finals. Tiffany Stratton defeated Lyra Valkyria. Uh, Lee, I don't know if you've seen any of Tiffany Stratton in NXT or any kind of clips that may have been posted online. But uh, from where she was about a year and a half ago in NXT to where she is now is absolutely incredible. Uh, very athletic, and when she gets the main roster, I'm telling you, she's going to be a star. Uh, so she's one to look out for. Uh, Bird Girl, Lyra Valkyria, she flew back to her nest after this. Um, main event, we had a rematch from NXT standing in the liver. Uh, Carmelo Hayes defending against Braun Breaker. Uh, Lee, I don't know if you saw like a photo from Braun Breaker's entrance where he had a rubber like dog mask on. No, I didn't. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to show you later that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he had a rubber dog mask on where it's like the teeth and the nose. Uh, yeah, he should ditch that immediately. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Braun Breaker, he's a heel now, obviously. Carmelo Hayes came out. They claimed it was his hometown in Boston, but this is Lowell. That's about 55 minutes away from Boston. So go fuck yourself. It's not Boston. Uh -huh. uh, they just wanted the cheap pop. Right. Uh, but Carmelo Hayes retains another fun match on the show. And that wraps up NXT Battleground. Uh, overall, like Lee, I know you don't keep up with NXT regularly. I kind of have just started within the last year keeping back up with it. And there definitely are some bright spots on the show, and I think a lot of, you know, men and women who are going to really succeed on the main roster when it comes time. Well, you know, you were at NXT, and then you were at Raw, because it was in Albany, New York, 
hometown. Hometown. What what number shows were they? Because I'm pretty sure I got you by the uh, 115. So you're very close. <laughs> okay, where are you at? Right now I'm at 113. Next week I'll be at 114. Okay, what show are you going to next week? Monday Night Raw. Holy the XL Center in Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. The home, the home of the greatest WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 11. Why is that? I'm joking, Lee. Don't worry. Oh, Jesus. I'm like, what the hell? Why? Okay. Um, I'm an LT in the main event, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I can't. Okay. All right. So. All right. Anyway. It's also the building where uh, Brock Lesnar won money in the bank a few years ago and pissed off the internet. So that's another uh, keynote. Even there. better. Dude, even better. Even better. It's perfect. So, so uh, you know. We have the fallout from NXT, which, uh, Justin, do you ever remember when Triple H said that you would never see those from the main roster go to NXT because he wants NXT to be its own thing and yada, yada, and, you know, this is a a building brand so to speak for their to help elevate them to the next level i would see after what we've seen even up until recently of this week that maybe these nxt talents benefit from these guys coming from the main roster because, I mean, we're talking even as going back to Mojo Raleigh and Zack Ryder being a tag team because Zack Ryder was working the main roster and NXT. You know, as a way to help Mojo because he wasn't, you know, he was progressing, but like his character needed something. So they, they put Zack with him kind of very similar. Made them the hype bros. Zack Ryder has also gone on record to say that was the worst time in his wrestling career. <laughs> he did. He did. I, I mean, in personal life, he was out of the party stage, I guess, I would yeah. say. Where Mojo was like, not. Right. Has Mojo ever been out of the party stage? No, absolutely not. There's no way. You know, so... Really, if you look back, it hasn't stopped. But what did you think of those who showed up this week on NXT? Look, so Mustafa Ali showed up on NXT. It looks like he's going to be in the North American title picture, probably a match against Wesley at the next premium live event, which is the Great American Bash, actually, uh, July 30th. Um... I'm fine with Mustafa Ali. I think he'll work fine with a lot of the guys there. Uh, you know, he never really got to go through NXT. He's, he's had a few matches here and there, uh, but it, it was more like, you know, 
early stages of the cruiserweight division and the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic tournament he competed in. So he never properly got an NXT run. Uh, it's very similar to like Drew Gulak, you know, because Drew Gulak is actually competing full-time in NXT now. Actually, I think he was in the same... Oh, no, no, excuse me. He was not in the same segment, but... Uh, yeah, so I'm fine with Mustafa Ali. Like I said, I think we'll get quite a few decent, good, great matches from him with a lot of guys, the guys in NXT currently. Uh, the one who... Really, I wish... I'm actually glad you brought Mustafa Ali up because you remember earlier in the show? Yeah. Well, he yeah. losing the match to Gunther, he said, you know, before that with his interview with Sportskita, if I lose, maybe I don't belong here. Right. So it's a continuation. So he meant maybe I don't belong here on the main roster because he lost his Intercontinental Championship match and look where he went. He went to NXT. Right. So he gave a little spoiler in that interview, I think. Well, it's also, just to point it out, you know, WB did a lot of free agents in the draft, if you remember, like Ziggler and Mustafa Ali, and, you know, a few guys from NXT like Von Wagner and Zion Quinn. And we were all kind of like, you know, how the fuck does that even work? How do you get drafted as a free agent, you know? And you can just kind of freelance and do whatever you want. Uh, my viewpoint on that was more of they're making them free agents so they can use them as they please or sparingly, you know, depending on the spot that needs to be filled at that moment in time, depending on which brand. Uh, and they don't have to be exclusive to any kind of brand. But another free agent who showed up on NXT this week because nobody wants bum-ass Corbin. Uh, Baron Corbin attacked Carmelo Hayes following his NXT title defense on Tuesday, which, not looking forward to it, but pretty much sets up Baron Corbin and Carmelo Hayes for an NXT championship match at some point. Look, Baron Corbin's initial NXT run I loved. I loved the Lone Wolf character and everything. I loved him yelling at Apollo Crews to go back to Ring of Honor, even though Apollo Crews had never wrestled in Ring of Honor in his life. <laughs> this Baron Corbin, I am not looking forward to his run that next day. Apollo Crews was originally trained by Mr. Hughes. Little fun fact. Throwing that out there. Fun fact. Yeah, uh, good. God, uh, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest with you. I, you know, I, I hope it sparks a little oomph in with Baron Corbin because realistically, he's got a great move set, great in the ring. He's not bad on the mic, so to speak. I just feel like everything they give him is just... Yep. Shit, it's just shit. Right. Another example is like, look at Elias. That man is like on... That man might as well be part of the job squad. He's another free agent, by the way, who ended up not getting drafted. Yeah, it's sad, but... 
I like Elias. So do I. I just can't. I you know. And you know I what? Just... It sucks with him too. Because if you remember, like twenty eighteen, Elias was really fucking over on the main roster, man. Like, it, to a degree, he still is, but nothing to where it was a few years ago. Uh, and that's mostly due to him just losing constantly. Yeah. Uh, you know, Elias was getting you know the biggest ovation on most Raw shows around that time. Yeah, it's crazy to see how things have changed, and you know, what does he kind of have to show for it at the moment? A few twenty four seven title runs, you know. He he had an Intercontinental title match with Seth Rollins in twenty eighteen, which I think Elias probably should have won, but he didn't. So I don't know. It sucks to see where some of these guys are a few years later, when they have you know kind of reached a high point in their career. Yeah. Um, you know, at first I was against it, them like going down and stuff like that. But then the more I thought about it, if they can help the, you know, help the next generation come up and be better, great. You know, but like I always have an issue because, like, for whatever reason, I can, I remember this odd crap that's always talked about. Don't say that you're never going to allow... I understand people change their minds and opinions and this and that. But don't say I'm never going to have main roster guys come down here. And that was during around the time, I believe, with AEW. When AEW, you know, they were head-to-head with AEW on Wednesdays. And sure enough, what did he start doing? Freaking Finn Balor was one of the first ones down there. I I think... Finn Balor showed up the fucking week AEW premiered. It was that same night. Yeah. You know, and, and it was just like, oh, I thought that wasn't going to happen. Happens anyway. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, I find it interesting, but like, I also think being a free agent's not that great if they don't have anything for you. I, that's the way I look at it. These are guys, they just like, well, we kind of use you to job already. So the 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 Von Wagner one threw me though because he was one of Vince's uh, proteges, so to speak. He saw him as well, the he, next Edge. He's still doing stuff on NXT, which is why I'm confused they even made him a free agent. Because what was the point? He's still on the same brand he was on. Right. He showed up in that battle royal on Raw a few weeks ago to get fucking tossed out, but other than that, that was it. Yay. So just like you said, a filler. Right. That's how I look at these. Yeah. Well, do you have anything you want to talk about when it comes to WWE and stuff that happened this week that we have not touched on? Uh, I think for the most part, we kind of covered it, at least on the Raw side of things and NXT. So, I think, yeah, I think we covered everything. All right, right on. So let's move to AEW. And uh, let's just like briefly go over the results of Double or Nothing. And then we can talk the fallout of what happened and everything like that. Yeah, keep giving me the finger, buddy. It's quite all right. 
So the buy-in, which is free for people, had the Hardys and Hook taking on Ethan Page and the guns. And really the biggest takeaway from this match, I think, is the botch with Jeff Hardy when he slipped with Whisper in the Wind. Uh, but also they did a good job disguising it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, other than that, regular six-man tag match, and then the buy-in finished out with a blackjack battle royal for the AEW International Championship. Now, this match had some stars to it, that I'm kind of sitting here like, well, what the hell? That you're kind of like, yo, they should win this. Like, there was Jay White, Ricky Starks. But, I mean, there's all sorts of talent. Dustin Rhodes, Keith Lee, Juice Robinson, Brian Cage. I mean, the list goes on and on. Somehow... Orange Cassidy wins this damn thing. Successful title defense number 23. Orange Cassidy in the international championship. Something we've yet to hear someone with the TNT championship do. Just saying. I don't think we'll ever hear that. Nah, me either. Not with that hot potato title. So... You had the unsanctioned match with Chris Jericho and Adam Cole. No, Justin, for me, this was actually a really cool match because I'm a big ECW fan, which means I'm a Sabu fan. I actually helped work on Sabu's autobiography. It's actually the first book that I'm published in. There's a second one, but uh, I actually wrote it, so you'll hear about that soon. And uh, I thought it was really cool to see Sabu have some spots in this match. Like, to me, that was bigger than the match itself. But that's just me. Yeah, I said it. I didn't even hear what you said. Oh, called you a fucking mark. Okay. Anyway, uh... To be honest, man, I don't know. This this match didn't click with me. I don't know. I don't know if it was just like too much because you had like the Jericho Appreciation Society and Strong and Sabu and you know Britt and Soraya came out there at one point. I I don't know. I thought the Sabu stuff was very random. Like I don't know how it ties in with Adam Cole and everyone. You know, it doesn't. Like, I saw the memes on fucking Facebook over the last week where it's, like, the Undisputed Era, but Sabu's face is photoshopped over Bobby Fish's body. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that's what it feels like. But, yeah, I think the spot that Adam Cole also does, because this is the second time I've seen him do it, where he kind of wraps the chain around his knee and goes for the last shot. I don't think it's a very good thing to do because he never is able to wrap the chain around properly and he kind of has to you know play around with it and hold it at some point after he's been playing around with it for about two minutes but listen 
the one thing that bothered me on this, and I don't know if it bothered you either. This was promoted as an unsanctioned match. You know, AEW is not responsible for any injuries or anything that happens in this match it, in storyline. But the match ends in a referee stoppage. Think about that. Like, if if it's not going to come back at you, why would you stop the match? Why is there a referee anyway? I, I don't know, man. If it's unsanctioned, uh, why is there a ref? That well, means, I, t- like, I know they shouldn't have had... Past have had refs, but even still. Bro, they shouldn't have had a ref out there. And if it's an unsanctioned match, then legit what should have happened was they should have just let Adam Cole choke him out. And that's the end of the match. Right. You know, but... You know, I used to say WWE is going to WWE. I think I need to start saying AEW is going to AEW. They have their moments. That's what this is. <laughs> I'm sure Botchamania is going to have a field day. So, uh, Tag Team Championships. This was Especially a very good you had the special guest referee of Mark Briscoe as uh, both sides, FTR and uh, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, seemingly trying to get their friend on their side. Uh, take it away. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. This was a very fun, you know, tag team match, old school uh, I love the spot actually where Karen Jarrett hits Aubrey Edwards with a guitar because uh, she's not known to take many bumps. So when she does, it actually does come off as a big deal. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of good stuff in this. A lot of uh, a lot of false finishes. There were two or technically one ref bump, but you know what I mean. Um, and FTR came out on top victorious. So the 10-time top guys continue their reign as the AEW World Tag Team Champions. Oh, there'll be more on them in a little bit. Now, the ladder match between freaking TNT, Hot Potato Championship, Wardlow, and Christian Cage. Damn, is all I got to say. But, uh... They once built Wardlow like he was the next uh, Goldberg. But when you start putting him in the ring with some other wrestlers, he doesn't have the size you think he does. But to see that man climb a freaking ladder and do a swanton bomb, I thought was incredible. Now, Justin, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, uh, you're underselling it because Wardlow did a swanton from the top of the ladder through two tables onto Christian Cage. And yeah, definitely the spot of the match. Uh, Wardlow, or excuse me, Arn Anderson biting Luchasaurus's thumb. There's like an epidemic of people biting other people in this company for some reason. Um, yeah, uh, you know, good ladder match, I thought. The only thing I'm shocked about is Wardlow retained because the TNT champion retaining is a very as about as extinct as a dinosaur that they had in this match, you know? 
that has a college degree, by the way. He made a very special note of that on AEW yeah. Dark once that stuck with me forever. I know I know you're still upset about AEW Dark and Dark Elevation. It's okay. I am. That's like why I got these bags under my eyes. Don't worry, you still have Ring of Honor. <laughs> Yay! 14 matches and an Nin- hour and a half. 19. <laughs> oh, 19. Holy shit, we're moving on up. Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't wonder why John Gresham was like, yeah, I don't like the direction this is going in. Bye. Anyway. Uh, yeah, you think this would have been like a Christian Cage match to win, but a retaining of TNT is a rarity in itself. It's more rare than the title change, so let him keep it. Let him keep it. Fuck him. Now the women's championship, Jamie Hader and Jamie Storm. Tony Storm. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same uh, page on this. Uh, Tony Storm is just ooh la la. I'm let Just Robinson hear you that, say that. No, that that dude is not, not a, that dude is not a handsome man and his voice is well I have tinnitus so it hurts my ears when he talks so his balls need to drop I think that's the problem right. anyway Tony Storm won the AEW Women's World title in this match uh, lasted about three minutes because Jamie Shader is actually legit hurt so uh, speedy recovery to her. Yeah. The House of Black. And I'm literally only bringing this up because... Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. The Acclaimed answered the challenge with Daddy Ass. And boy, could Max cast her rap. I would like to... Uh, just make a few notes here. Like, who's your mommy? Chance breakout mid match. And Caster's rap on him, referencing Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. Oh my God. Fantastic. Oh. And you know, Buddy Matthews makes it worse by like commenting on it. Like, you know, he's a fucking jealous 30 some odd year old man. Which, by the way, we've interviewed Buddy Matthews. Go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. Or just go to YouTube at perched on the top rope. And at the time, he had just gotten released from WWE when we had worked with him. And he had, you know, he talked about um, that he wasn't done with uh, Aleister Black or Malachi Black at, at this time. Great rap. The House of Black one, though, I would have loved to have seen uh, Daddy Ass and the Acclaimed win. But uh, is what it is. Now, this is where things get interesting, Justin, because we knew Jade Cargill was taking on Taya Valkyrie, right? Yes. You know, she's 59 and 0. Jade is. She's got that new ringside collectibles 
one of three thousand. What is it? One of three thousand. One of five thousand. The chase. Three thousand. The shop AEW. The shop AEW. Sorry, not ringside clock. Too many figures. Too many different. Yeah, this one's here. This one's there. Holy fuck. Um, she comes with a TBS championship in that figure. So. She beats Taya Valkyrie. She's not happy and calls out for another challenge. Justin, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, so from there, uh, Mark Sterling, smart Mark Sterling, gets on the mic and says, Jake Cargill will challenge any person, any place, any time. But unfortunately, there's no one left. Just then... We hear a familiar theme song, and it's Chris Statlander making her return after about nine months from a second ACL tear. Uh, so her and Jade have a match for the TBS title. goes about 45 seconds, and boom, just like that, Jade Cargill is 60-1, and one, and we have a new TBS champion in Chris Statlander. And Lee, tell me I didn't call something like this months ago. I can't because you did. You literally <laughs> called this. I said it's got to be Chris Statlander. Uh, I don't remember what episode number it was. But it's on the record. It's and in one I, of our episodes. In fact, I like send you messages too saying that. Yeah. So we'll have to look for that and figure out where it was. But it it, it happened. It happened. Now, the next match, Justin, happens to be the uh, four-way match, the the four pillars. Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, which eventually they're going to drop that Jungle Boy crap and just call him Jack Perry. Here's an idea. Before you even finish, while we're on the topic of dropping the Jungle Boy name, what would you think of, like, say, Hollywood Jack Perry as a heel with Anna J by his side? It would work. Because right? then he can be like, my dad this, my dad that, and, right. you know. Right. And then they can do, like, vignettes of him, like, going on, like, callbacks and shit like that. You know what I mean? Right. I think, it'd be, I could, I think it could work. Yeah. So, uh, this has nothing to do with Asuka, but Ty Mello and uh, Sammy Guevara announced via cue card they're expecting their first child, so don't expect to see Ty doing anything in the ring anytime soon. But while we're talking about Guevara, Ge- well, Guevara, holy shit, uh, he did pay uh, homage to Eddie Guerrero. We saw, we saw MJF give a nod to Mikey Whipwreck. So, like, there's, like, a lot of uh, things like that. And probably my favorite spot in the match was MJF using Chris Candino's blonde bombshell powerbomb off the top rope, which, uh, ironically, before he started using it in ECW... Chris Candido gave the move to Marty Jannetty, and it was used in Survivor Series 95. 
and Marty Jannetty is the one who used it, and it was fucking awesome. So to see that spot, I thought that was really cool. Uh, Justin, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, I just want to say real quick, speaking of Chris Candido, uh, if you haven't yet, make sure to check out the premiere of Dark Side of the Ring, which premiered this week. First episode was actually Chris Candido and Sonny, Tammy Lynn Sitch. Uh, I was able to watch it earlier this week, and it was definitely a very emotional episode. It, it sucks how things have kind of turned out for Chris Candido as well as Tammy Lynn Sitch, but... You know, well, yeah, that's because he's dead and she's in jail. Well, I wasn't going to say that blatantly, but anyway, uh, definitely a good watch. Uh, check it out if you can. Uh, but yeah, this was a very fun Fatal 4-Way match. Uh, you know, it wasn't the main event. I know everyone was kind of hoping for that, but uh, MJF was actually asked at the media scrum following the event uh, if he was upset about him not being the last match. And his response was, no, why would I want to roll around in John Moxley's blood? <laughs> okay, fair point, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, MJF retains here. There are a lot of good storytelling, a lot of good, good uh, callbacks in the match as well. MJF wins when Darby goes for the coffin drop on Jungle Boy. MJF kind of slides the world title underneath him, so it hits Darby right in the back of the head. And he pins Darby once again for the Second time in AEW with a headlock takeover. And I'm telling you, one day, I don't know if it's going to be for the title or not, but Darby is going to pin MJF with a headlock takeover, and that place is going to go crazy. So keep an eye on that. I hope it's soon, to be honest with you. Sooner sooner the better. And he is going to climb Mount Everest next year, so. That's right. But uh, we, we go to the main event because, you know, speaking of – rolling around in John Moxley's blood. We have the main event, the Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club missing, in my opinion, the best part, William Regal, back in WWE. Mm. Take it away, my man. Yeah, this was awesome. Uh, if you saw NRK in the arena last year, with the Jericho Appreciation Society and the Blackpool Combat Club and Eddie Kingston. Uh, you know, had the same start where this year they actually had a live band uh, perform Wild Thing. And they did it like four times in, in a row. Like it kept going uh, until the Young Bucks finally super kicked the lead singer. A uh, few cool spots in this match. Uh, I was going to say Cesaro, but Claudio. Uh, took Matt Jackson up to the uh, where the food and the concessions are, and he actually gave him a Cesaro. See, I'm doing the fucking Cesaro thing again. Uh, the swing, uh, into a trash can, and uh, you know, Matt Jackson came back out later. He super kicked John Moxley, and his shoe literally exploded. Uh, Moxley and both Omega went through a poker chip with barbed wire and glass on it, which I would imagine can't be fun. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure somebody used a fucking screwdriver in this match at some point, too. I'm positive on that. Yeah, Wheeler Yuta did. He did, okay. Um, but yeah, a lot of good stuff. Just all out, all out fucking brawl in this match, and 
Anarchy in the Arena, I hope they make it an annual thing like Stadium Stampede was because th this is just a great, uh, what's the word for it? A great attraction every year to double or nothing. Yeah, you know, and just like WWE and every other pay-per-view has like attraction matches for certain pay-per-views, why not this? Yeah. And you obviously happens with, you know, Don Callis interfering. Uh, Kanosuke Takeshita turns on Kenny Omega and uh, oh my god, Takeshita and Don Callis are now paired up on TV together. Blackpool Combat Club wins. Wheeler Yuta actually got the pin on Kenny Omega, so you know, good on him getting a big win in the main event of a pay-per-view. Yeah, absolutely. That just helps him, like, helps further his career, move up the ladder, especially in in the faction, you know, those those guys have taken you under their wing and he's done phenomenal so far, being honest. Um, you know, Don Callis, like, you know, went as pretty far to help the 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 combat club, to be honest with you. Like he was the one that gave you to the screwdriver. Right. You know, to use on page, but you know, we did find out more with Don Callis on uh Dynamite, which was uh pretty interesting what would you think of uh what he had to say towards the uh, elite towards omega and in his yeah so don Callis, a lot of heat from the AEW crowd as well as Takeshita, who's you know kind of benefiting from that uh they did not specify that Takeshita and Callis are with the blackpool combat club i don't think they technically are and i don't think they will be I mean, if they are, that's fine. That's cool with me, but I don't think they will be. I think there's only one way to end this feud with the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club, so on and so forth, and that is with Blood and Guts. I think that's the best way to go for it. Shit, that'll you, be it. If you heard on Dynamite this week, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hangman Page said, that Omega was out of the country, but he wasn't in Canada. Which leads you to believe that he is in Japan. And I think he's in Japan to recruit the help of an old friend in Kota Ibushi. To even the odds at five on five. Well, here's my thing. You know, even if uh, you know that happens, would we, you know... Would we be looking at that at Forbidden Door? I don't think Forbidden Door, because I think they have said Omega will be defending the U.S. title. Uh, they're just look, awaiting the challenger to be decided in that. Okay. I would say likely they do it on the Dynamite after Forbidden Door again. Or yeah. they hold off for their debut in TD Garden in Boston. Dude, all I can say is like, if done at blood and guts, bro, that's like a, uh, I'd like to see a figure pack made out of that, but that's a lot of action figures. Well, they just did something similar, but they put it in like separate series with the inner circle and the pinnacle. And it yeah. took, I think six series of figures all together. Oh, Jesus. No, yeah, I want to yeah. see one big massive box set. I, I would enjoy that if they did that. Now, you were in the crowd for AEW Dynamite, Mr. 113. I was not there this past week. Oh, fuck. 
I it's hard done. to keep track of you anymore, man. You're all over the place. Seriously, I thought you were there for some fucking reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I was in San Diego a month ago. I wasn't there this past Wednesday. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, I do. I'm all sorry. No, you, you're good. You're I, all I, over the Justin. You're all over the place. It's hard sometimes to keep track of you, bro. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. You know how I went to Russell's show in New Jersey like a week or two ago, right? Yeah. I, I think I said to somebody, oh, I didn't do anything last week. And then I went, oh, wait, no, shit. I went to New Jersey last weekend. Yeah. Like, you're just you're just all over the place. That's I, I forget. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, oh, shit. So, well, since I can't talk about that, um, what do you think of the crowd reaction to Tony Khan's announcement? Definitely a mixed reaction. I saw, I did see a live video of in the building to the uh, announcement. Yeah. You had to expect it wasn't going to be completely positive. I don't care who you are, you know, especially in California where the young bucks, they're, they're from uh, Rancho Cucamonga, California. So look, CM Punk is back. They'll be a part of the collision show. Worst kept secret in wrestling. Other than CM Punk's debut in AEW? Or his two title runs. Right. But hey, I've got his chase figure, so that's all that matters. Hey, same here, bro. That's all that matters. To but, me, uh, was like, we knew he was coming back. And it, was, it wasn't always like that. After the media scrum last year all out, I figured, like, this guy's done. Like, he's not coming back. Uh, his AEW run is completely over, but Tony Khan has this idea for Collision, and you know a certain group of stars is going to be featured on it regularly, and CM Punk is one of those guys. So yeah, I also noticed in the commercial, Thunder Rosa was on there. Is going to be part of that show. It looks like so. Is it like everybody who has a problem with someone, they're just going to be like, okay, we're dumping you off on Collision. Well, the Thunder Rosa thing is interesting because, as far as I know, she's still not clear to compete. So why they're putting her in these promotional videos is interesting to me. Yeah, they have they have her in the promotional videos, and then like now with the announcement of CM Punk, I'm just kind of like, what are you doing? Like, what is this? Like, this is where we're gonna send like all the bad people. Like, this is where all the bad boys and girls are gonna go. Like, this is. They might as well have renamed the show AEW Detention. <laughs> yeah, AEW I mean, in school suspension. Miro didn't want to play ball with creative last year. He's yeah, there we go. Yeah, he was the other one I saw. And I was like, what the f-? like Scorpio like, hasn't been on TV in a year. He's apparently gonna be a part of collision. Yeah, so like now I'm like, all right, who are all these people beefing with? Right. Who's everyone else beefing with now at this point? You know what I mean? Samoa Joe's another guy, he's gonna be on collision. But that's mostly due to the fact that Punk wants to work with him, it sounds like. Probably. Well, I know one person who probably won't be on that show. The Elite. The the Elite. I was also going to say the Cabana of Colt. Oh, yeah. No way. <laughs> There's no way you see Colt Cabana on there. I actually haven't seen Colt anywhere in a while, to be honest with you. Yeah, I feel like nobody has. He hasn't even been on Ring of Honor or anything. No idea where he is. He's hiding. I would too. 
Must be back at his mom's house, according to CM Punk. Oh, come on. I had to. I'm sorry. It was funny. I got a dark sense of humor, man. It's like, what do you want from me? Like, I, I guess, like, I'm saying the stuff that, like, shouldn't be said, but in a funny way, at least to me. Terrible. At least to me. I know I'm terrible, but uh, it is what it is. Now, we don't have another season of MLW. They had spiked their ratings on reels. Impact, I've noticed, is getting bigger and bigger crowds, which is nice to see. Well, let me mention something about Impact quick. So I, I haven't gotten around to watching the Under Siege pay-per-view they had last week. I'll admit that. But I did see a spot from the main event with Steve Macklin and PCO. Steve Macklin literally stapled PCO's fucking mouth shut. Yeah, PCO is nuts. And then the PCO proceeded to grab pliers and pull the staples out of his mouth. Yeah. What the fuck? Dude, Pierre Carl Ulay is absolutely uh, crazy. There's, I, I, I don't know how he does it. I really don't. I got a good pain tolerance. I don't want to deal with that. I, I just thinking of someone saying, Hey, I'm going to staple your lip shut. I've stapled myself with a staple gun. That's no fucking joke. That's not fun. So. How I saw that pop up and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh I also saw like the top of his head too after the match and it looked absolutely insane. Yeah, this guy this guy's nuts. Approaching 60 years old, by the way. Wrestling better than he ever did in the early nineties of WWF or WCW for that matter. You know what I mean? Like, dude's crazy. Good for him. I love it. Like, I want to see him work Action Mike Jackson, that freaking 70-year-old that was an impact right. a few years back. He's still wrestling. He How? Is, I don't know. Is. Diving uh, through the ropes and shit. Scott Demore also took a powerbomb through a flaming table in that show. Yeah, from Bully Ray. I saw that. Holy like, shit. What are these people at Impact doing, man? whatever they can to bring people in the door Holy it's working fuck. it's working i've noticed that the crowds have been bigger and better oh yeah you know so you know and, and they're stepping up too they've got their own uh action figure line they uh for whatever reason have announced that they have they have nfts coming out but i think they missed uh their timing on that one. I think that time I was is coming. Say, I didn't hear anything about that. That's news to yeah. me. Yeah, they have uh, NFTs coming out. And uh, again, you know, that's pretty cool. So be on the lookout for those. But uh, yeah, wrestling all around, I think, is uh, doing better and better. I don't know how ratings, I don't pay attention to ratings anymore. But uh, how streaming services and everything are now, I. I don't know how much the ratings really matter. I mean, yeah, that's something like I don't to, even. Maybe when it comes to like negotiating TV deals, but other than that, yeah, 
other than that, there's like too much like illegal streams going on to to even pay attention. And like, I, I they the Nielsen ratings don't count uh, like rewatches on Hulu and stuff like that because like a lot of the times that's how I have to watch Raw and SmackDown. Right. Especially like this last month, I've been so busy. I'm like, so uh, yeah, what happened this week? <laughs> I'm just catching up, and it's Sunday and Monday Night Raw tomorrow. Right. It is what it is. We all have lives and do things and have a bunch of unopened boxes of action figures that need to be opened, like these two that are sitting right here. Like these 50 that are sitting beside me? Literally, I know you probably got fifty all at 52. There's got to be, bro. Are they packages you haven't opened yet, or you've opened no, them? So, like, them they're back? opened, the flaps are open on them, but the stuff is just still inside of it. Have you looked at what's inside, though, or no? For the most part, yeah. Like, I can see it from where I'm sitting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, these are unopened. There's one unopened in the living two unopened in the living room, one unopened on this bar stool underneath the, this box of figures. Uh, it's It's absolutely insane, like... But this is like my busiest time of the year. You know, those 15 hour days are lovely for fucking seven days a week. You're gassed. It is what it is. I uh, I am looking forward, though, to a summer of wrestling. I'm looking to a fun filled summer of wrestling meet and greets. And we even have a few that are like coming up that I that I know of, like June 18th is uh Marty Jannetty is uh, Jake the Snake and Million Dollar Man still coming? I, I haven't heard anything. That's, I think that's in July. I don't know the okay. exact. So those two, Victoria, I've heard is coming. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff happening um, that we're gonna get to be part of and and all that fun stuff. So, fans, make sure you check us out on. YouTube, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope or in the search bar, just at perched on the top rope. Make sure you check out Justin at Injustin We Trust or youtube.com slash Injustin We Trust. You can find us anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it, we're there. It's perched on the top rope. And for all of you, who have kept us on your chartables. Justin, I'm going to read off this list because like it's huge. Giggity. That's what she said. Uh, Lee, before you, I'm sorry, before you continue, uh, some breaking news. Uh, Russell bash two in New Jersey. Uh, what's the date on this? August 20th, 2023. Uh, Thunder Rosa announced as a guest. Ooh, very nice. She's had some new figures too, so I will and be. She's got to chase somebody. Won't sell me. Hey, hey, shut the fuck up. Anyway, for those countries that have kept us on their chartable, this is the list in order. And Justin, the third one actually kind of shocks me because they're in the middle of a war. United States. Italy, Ukraine, Germany, Canada, Bangladesh, Switzerland, UK, Netherlands, Ireland, India, and Australia. 
to those 12 countries, we thank you. Thank you for downloading, listening. Thank you for being a huge part of what we do. Thank you for keeping us on Chartable. You all rock. We do this because of you. It's fun for us to sit here and chat and talk about wrestling. And Justin has been to over 113 shows at this point from AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So that's really cool. And it it's just it's it's great. Uh fans, you can also expect from YouTube and our podcast uh interviews coming up with Chubby Dudley dances with Dudley as I make my way to interviewing the entire Dudley family that is still alive. Uh, we've interviewed Chubby Dudley before. We've already interviewed Sign Guy Dudley. That's on our shows. And we've interviewed uh, Tugboat, Typhoon, Shockmaster. He trained CM Punk. Steve Kearns, also known as Skinner from the WWF. So we have some awesome interviews coming. And we also have some awesome videos from meeting superstars like Mercedes Monet, Trinity Fatu, Goldberg. And it's a big list. Lex Luger, Greg Valentine, and more. So just make sure you check us out at YouTube, Perched on the Top Rope, and Apple Podcast, Perched on the Top Rope. Fans, you can also find us on Facebook. Or that's where we like to do a lot of uh, social media posting of news. Did you know? Today in wrestling history and more, it is facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. We're rounding out to 11,000 likes. You can also find us on Instagram, perched on the top rope podcast. All sorts of hilarious memes and everything fun in the wrestling world. You can find us on Twitter at Perch Top Rope. You can also find us on TikTok at Perch on the Top Rope, where we have all sorts of videos just like YouTube with the meet and greets, with Selena scenes where we take Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On because it's one it makes everything better. Taking the greatest moments in professional wrestling history and pairing it to that music. Because after all, Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 32 is one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history, and you will not tell me otherwise. And if you know none of that tickles your fancy, then you can see us make fun of Bret Hart for having a bar after himself, or the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan get humped by a dog. That's right, you heard me right. The Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan getting humped by a dog. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. This is Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, back again. I know it's been a while, but you can't get rid of me, damn it. <laughs> uh, just an idea, seeing as Baron Corbin's back in, uh, you know, the TXN. Um I have a new idea. 
for a gimmick for him when he comes back to the main roster. Uh, maybe I'll try it, TXN. Uh, the Baker, Aaron Corbin. Yeah, it'll be a nice shot at that Dennis girl on AEW, too. <sighs> Baker, Baron Corbin. I'll have a... He'll, he hails from his pastry palace. Yeah, because we don't call it a bakery here in sports entertainment. No. No, it's a pastry palace. Have a good night, everyone. We're out.